0: everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast today we are covering game of thrones this is winter is blooming baby today is season 7 episode 4 titled the spoils of war it was written by D&D David Benioff and D B Weiss it was directed by Matt shackman a familiar name for those of you uh, who are Big on mcu television you might remember that name popping up whenever those dreaded endings would come during wandavision uh the you know please stand by that screen that we all dreaded so terribly whenever that was on it was like oh no but it would say directed by matt shackman most of the time that's this man he directed this one i'm colton robertson i'm joined by joseph george what's up homie oh what up what up always a pleasure to be here and, oh and uh, it is Oh, it's always a pleasure to have you. And very, another good one. Another very
1: interesting one. piece of trivia there. Um, not every episode of WandaVision, I'm assuming, but I most don't of believe them. it was
0: every, but uh a lot of them. Uh, huh. Bro was Bro stayed busy. And for those of you wa- watching on YouTube today, uh or right. uh, on YouTube today. Uh sorry that you'll have to deal with me looking at my phone a lot. I usually read our breakdown straight off my computer screen. The computer screen is usually much closer to me. Uh, and it's a little far, so I can't exactly read it. And correction, Matt Shackman directed every episode of WandaVision. So, uh, wow.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is
0: a, this is, this is a man we, I know me and you are big fans of We me and you both liked WandaVision a great deal. Mm Um, uh, so, and I think it, there were a couple shots during this episode where I was like, when I knew that. I was like, Oh, you know, like he, he gets a little creative behind the camera. You know, it's nothing that's like show shattering. It's not brand Mm -hmm. new. It's not like, Oh my God, we've never seen anything like this, but it's his own little flair. There's a shot towards the beginning. Whenever the Lannister armies like marching away from high garden. And there's like this, uh, circle blur going on where, uh, like the grass is the grass is faded, the edges of the screen are faded and like a blur, but the soldiers marching in the middle are in focus, and there's like this fancy mm. little light flare coming through at the bottom, and I was like, it just, it just felt like a, a little shot from Wandavision, so it felt uh, felt good. I enjoyed that a great deal.
1: Uh, okay, is this his first Game of Thrones? I feel like this I have not heard him before. I believe um, it is. Okay. He only has two episodes
0: of Game of Thrones, and they are season seven, episode four, and season seven, episode five. So uh oh, wow. we, we got okay. him back to back weeks here. Uh, hmm.
1: incredible. Yes indeed, um, yes, indeed. Um, yes indeed. Two I don't know. Uh this he's got some emotional I there's some a lot a lot of emotional charge from this episode, I guess specifically for one part. Um, Winterfell man I mean, yeah dude oh my Winterfell. god Winterfell was. this incredible. was one of the best
0: Winterfell episodes ever like mm-hmm. oh. it looked it looked good it was written well I gotta give D&D some credit I usually don't you know uh, I usually don't have to give them credit uh, but this one kind of undoubtedly uh, one of their better written episodes uh, with them with them penning it so I'm very happy yeah. and if you are ready I'm ready to take it location by location.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, I'm ready. Let's do it.
0: Let's fucking get it then. Now is when I will officially begin to apologize for how much I'll be looking at my phone. Uh but yeah, we're we're gonna start here at Winterfell, where uh Littlefinger meets with the recently returned Bran Stark An excellent scene straight off the mm-hmm. bat. This wasn't the first thing in the episode, but when we get to Winterfell, it's just mm-hmm. ooh, I fucking loved this. Uh You know, he's, he's apparently hoping to exploit, uh, disunity among the Stark children. He's so in discord. He's really trying to make them all get at each other's throats. And, uh, you know, he tries to ingratiate himself with Bran a little bit. He's like, you know what? Maybe this is my way in. You know, I've got Sansa. Maybe Bran, maybe Bran, he seems, he seems like a smart kid. Maybe we can figure something out.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: he's Ned Stark's last true born son, rightful heir, you know, Good idea. But uh Littlefinger gives Bran a gift. The very same Valyrian steel dagger that a cutthroat tried to kill him with while he was in a coma right after he was pushed from one of the towers. Uh I gotta que- like I gotta question Littlefinger's like uh sensibility here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weird play, you know. Strange play. And it's 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 a bit sentimental, you know. It's like reclaiming that which tried to take life from you you know mm-hmm. um yeah but, but to, why like if i was brand i'd kind of be like
1: why do you have this dagger you know why why do you have that uh <laughs> how did it end up in your hands yeah me. that is a little suspicious um also yeah just weird to be like your mother fought off this day you know your like mother. your mother fought You're off this dagger
0: Aiden uh, Gillen is too good, man. And this is actually, um, I'm going to try my best to appreciate Isaac Hempstead, Wright As much as I can in this yeah. robotic state. Um, he's not exactly what you want, uh, from a, mm-hmm. uh, from a character, not, not an actor. He's doing what he was dealt, you know? Uh, but he, he, he does a good job here. Like, uh, it, it's, Gets undersold is
1: probably a pretty easy job, I would yeah. assume. Uh, Normal line delivery with every now and then. Um, a little twinkle in the eye, a little something more going on. A and usually it's it's complete roboticness and then a line delivery that that is so specific that that person is the only one. Who yeah. knows it, you know. And oh, there's the one um, in this one is fucking cold. Woo. Love it. Uh but
0: yeah. uh yeah, obviously Bran is still quite emotionally detached, however, from all his visions as the new three eyed raven. Uh, you know. He's generally uninterested in everything, uh, but also completely interested in everything. It's quite the dichotomy he's got going on. Uh, hmm. You know, and he only, he absentmindedly asks who the dagger belonged to and with a wry look, Littlefinger responds that in a way, this is the question that started the War of the Five Kings. Um, and I'd say in more than a way, actually, mm-hmm. I would say that this was the question that started, uh, the War of the Five Kings. Uh, I recall whenever we were doing the season one rewatch, uh, like, we kind of took for granted previously how much of it is centered on a detective arc for Ned Stark. Him trying to figure out the answer to this question, really. Yeah. Um, And then further, you know, the the bastardization
1: of the Lannister children or the Baratheon children. Um, but. Whew. Yeah, I mean, when Littlefinger put it like this, it kind of got me to step back and think and be like, oh, wait, he's actually kind of right. Yeah, um, no, like this is... Like I, I thought, it was him trying to take like credit a little bit for starting the War of the Five Kings. You know, just just because I know. Like, was it just Jaime and Cersei that paid to have him killed? It like is it just them? Like, I would I would go insane. so far
0: as to say it was just Cersei
1: who ha- who paid to have yeah. him killed too. So uh, Littlefinger has actually no. Like, maybe Cersei went to Littlefinger and then said, get this done? Or do you think Cersei just went straight to the cat's paw dude, you know, whoever, the actual murder dude, and was like, here's a bunch of gold, go kill Bran Stark? That is interesting. I've
0: I've never really considered Peter to be in any way super responsible for the attempt on Bran's life. Mm Mm-hmm. But the grander arc that's happening there, uh, in the first episode, is that he had John Aaron killed with Lysa Aaron, the hand of the king at the time. Robert mm-hmm. Baratheon had to come north with his family, um, to ask Ned Stark to take the job. So,
1: oh yeah, he wasn't even in Winterfell. He would have been in King's Landing at the time, right? Yes, what, I don't Little believe Littlefinger
0: Little was in Winterfell. Yeah, so.
1: yeah, he didn't make that uh, that trip down there. So okay, yeah, no, it. It but was still, like, personal. it's,
0: it's not his direct actions, but, uh, that led to this very question, but he had an influence on the situation that caused them to be there at all, uh, because Robert was asking Ned to replace John Aaron as Hand of the King. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, Littlefinger, I know we all, we, I, we all kind of take for granted how responsible he is for
1: most stuff, uh more of tipping the dominoes in the yeah, right direction, yeah. though you know, for not sure, sure. not a a direct. He's not orchestrating, mm-hmm. you know.
0: It's not like he's like playing everybody <laughs> like a fiddle. No, he he gets lucky to be sure. He yeah. thinks he's a lot smarter than he is. Uh, as Play every deployed.
1: every scenario through my head, you know, what he describe every the Sansa. Um, yeah, I, I imagine I, every. I can never be surprised. <laughs> God, he's just so good though. Like I I wonder um in the books, I don't I don't know. I I can't remember if like it's specifically known that he has like a sly voice or like a just something to him. Um or I wonder if Aiden Gillen was just like I'm going to play this dude just fucking I actually I just finished uh, A Clash of Kings a couple weeks
0: back. Uh, Ooh, okay. Okay. And that's the second book. In A Song mm-hmm. of Ice and Fire And It's it's interesting like, One thing that I, I've talked about this before On the podcast I do not like The narrator for those audiobooks And I listen to the audiobooks because I'm a delivery driver um, And If I'm on the road I'm like Hey I want to listen to a story uh, I'll throw on an audiobook So mm-hmm. I listened to A Clash of Kings And uh, it was narrated by a guy named uh, Roy Detrice I believe is his name uh, I've talked to you about how he pronounces, like Brian, Brian, <laughs> yeah. Um, Peter is uh, Patire. Mm-hmm. Oh so, God, it's yeah. Not like I'm. Man. I'm not entirely sure why that is. Um. So not, not it, it's slanted for me in the way that he reads everybody. Mm. You know, like Littlefinger, like Aiden Gillen's interpretation of Littlefinger is much better than Roy DeTrice's interpretation I imagine of so. Littlefinger. Yeah. If
1: someone says Brienne, um, I I I don't really Obvious. hold much. Yeah. The bar is is pretty low, but I will say it has helped me in spelling Brienne of Tarth. Like uh, ever, if I've ever having to type it down for my face. No, I mean like we're in she the she very literally uh-huh. sounded that out, Roy. Yeah, he uh, you know, he got the gum out. Brian, yeah. you know, like a, uh, he is a professional sound outer. I mean, that yes, is what he that does. Is what he does? That's brilliant. His bad. So, um, I mean, but wow, yeah, no, that Pete. Wait, Peter, Peter, Pty- oh, okay, that's just ridiculous, dude. Pattaya Baelish. I mean, uh, there's no way George intended. I mean it's Peter. My
0: my money right? is that he was going for much more medieval fantasy sounding names okay. uh with yeah. his interpretation of it. Brian, Patire. Um but that's what's funny, is those are like the only names you can do it with. Like they then you're going Ned, John, Bran. Uh it's not like he calls Tyrion Tyrion or Tyrion or anything, you know, he calls him Tyrion. Uh wow. so I'm just it's his interpretation of the names. Uh it's it's bizarre, uh. But anywho, uh, yeah. This this slimy little fuck, uh. You know, he says he says something about how Bran's mother, Catelyn Stark, took the dagger south with her to King's Landing to try to find who it belonged to, and uh, convinced it was the Lannisters that sent the cutthroat to kill Bran, uh, and left it there in Ned's possession, from whom Littlefinger recovered it. He he was very careful to trace it. I know I talked shit a little bit ago, but he explained, um. You know, Littlefinger tries to manipulate Bran by remarking on how much chaos he must have lived through to get back to Winterfell. And the camera choice here, again, I'm a sucker. An absolute fucking sucker for honing, like, honing focus by the character mm. looking mm. directly into the camera. Yes, this I one. fucking love it. I'm a sucker for it. Not every time, you know, like, it... it this use of it it's so sparse this rarely happens in thrones whenever he like goes chaos is a ladder and it cuts back to little finger and he's like you know like he's real confused
1: like, like yo it- yeah he's like yo Whoa. like i mean it it's funny that little finger comes in being like hey do you know about this dagger do you like know where it comes from and Rand could be like yeah i actually kind of know everything um, yeah. actually so i i mean maybe maybe this isn't in his lexicon quite yet like, i don't know how he works like,
0: no but i could find out um, soon if you want yeah, me
1: to he's like give me one sec yeah so that basically i, I know the whole story <laughs> <of> that <Nice laughs> now um but you know and and then to to get like he was waiting for a moment to give him a slam dunk you know, to, and I love that, like, I I think Bran knew, like, in my head, I think Bran knows everything at this point, uh, so I'm thinking he knows the exact moment that someone is going to walk in the room, so he Mm -hmm. knows the exact moment in which to blow Littlefinger's mind, so the, he has to deal with this, like, so, That's where I'm getting my fun out of Bran. He's robotic, but I'm getting this kind of humor or, like, kind of, like, uh, I have to think about it a lot. You know, I have to think about him setting all of this up, thinking of, like, it's kind of like Daenerys and uh her mind connection with drogon right, and having right. a dramatic entrance he's i like, i think bran right, is one for the is dramatics. About to enter the room
0: yeah. now. all right chaos is a ladder you know like uh he's like i gotta you gotta slip yeah. it in under the wire you know a real yeah. drop the mic moment <laughs> yeah uh, bran is
1: one for the dramatics even is. though he's not he emotional is. and he is a robot he still cares you know to play it up a bit um he's got a knack for it to be
0: sure but uh yeah, he quotes that back to him. Chaos is a ladder and Littlefinger is visibly unnerved as that was an extremely <laughs> private conversation between him and Varys in the throne room in King's Landing a couple years ago. So... uh Is that season one?
1: No. Is that while Brand was, was unconscious? It
0: was, uh, it was actually the episode titled The Climb. I can't remember exactly what episode that was because okay. it was paralleled with the egret john tormund climbing the wall you know like uh chaos is a ladder i climb it i climb hmm. it you know like that that stuff uh i
1: believe that was in season three so it was it's, a lot later than i thought awesome. it was uh you had to give a guess usually you're pretty good at episode it is season three season um, three episode six yes <laughs> y- there yeah we go. um there we go crazy. that is just insane Could have been, I thought it was season one that he said that, you know? Coming into
0: the show, I would have thought, I thought that too. I was, I was anticipating (laughs) that conversation greatly, but now that we've, we've done a great deal of this rewatch, I have a pretty good recall when it comes to the, uh, the episode stuff happened in, uh, like major moments. And that's a pretty major monologue there by Littlefinger, but, uh, yeah, uh, Mm yeah. This moment, just like the way that the camera sat there with Littlefinger for a second, it really reminded me of the way uh, Matt Shackman is able to create an unnerving tension the way he did in WandaVision every once in a while, you know, where you're just kind of lingering with somebody and it's you get that vague, eerie feeling. Obviously, they're creating it much more for Littlefinger
1: than they are the audience here. Uh, yeah, it does kind of work both ways. It is kind uh, of like a a fourth wall, like, hey, remember this line that only the audience, Littlefinger and Varys yeah. know, and then now Bran does. So uh, yeah, it's that is a uh, a cool Wandavision can like an actual sort of connection between the two of the shows, like two wildly different shows. I mean, incredibly oh, different. different, but it's crazy how I like, huh. Yeah, stylistically, you know, sometimes stuff's just going to bleed through.
0: It just is. But uh, Littlefinger is a a tad startled whenever Mira Reed enters the room and he takes his leave of Bran, calling him Lord Stark. Uh, And Bran again insists, that's no, not me, bro. Not me. I'm the three-eyed raven. Deuces. Have your fun. Uh,
1: Yeah. Goofy (laughs) motherfucker. Not Littlefingers in on the Stark family. Um and not, yeah. can't really do anything with that guy.
0: Not at all. Uh but after Littlefinger exits, Mira notices brand's new wheelchair. Uh first wheelchair in the Seven Kingdoms. Uh Maester Walken uh designed it for him, as he mm-hmm. says. Um and he explains, you know, but she tells him that, you know, you don't need me anymore. I just wanted to say goodbye. I promised to keep you safe. And now you're back in Winterfell, surrounded by Starks, surrounded by Stark forces. I just wanted thanks. to say goodbye.
1: Uh, appreciate it. Not even that, actually. Uh, no, not, no. Didn't even give her that much. Um, just to. Yep. All right. Thanks. Uh, appreciate it. Love all that you did. Vera. I was damn close.
0: I was. Uh, I was extremely tempted to go ahead and give the performance nod to uh, to her for this episode. Uh, what's yeah. her name? Uh, okay. Ellie Kendrick. I was very close to giving Ellie Kendrick the performance nod for Mira because this is a this is a powerful little monologue, and it's it's a a wonderful character who we've gotten to spend a lot of time with. She's obviously been extremely supporting, not. Like she's everything she explained is all she's ever done in the show, you know, mm-hmm. um we don't get to yeah. spend time with her anywhere else beyond
1: in distress, north of the wall uh crazy how I care about her though you know oh absolutely, like, absolutely, she's good, just part good. of that gang like it, it that, just just that gang that was north of the wall, like she Jojen, you know yeah Mira, like all of them are just lovable in every way, and like you get the most maybe with Jojen and even then it's still not a whole lot. I I personally like Mira more than I like Jojen. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
0: And it's, it's because, and again, it's kind of because of what happens to those characters, you know, like Mira goes through a lot more. She loses Jojen and she still sticks with Bran. She realizes that this is the mission. This was everything we were supposed to do. Um, You know, she might not like it, but here we are. and she she's just so down to ride and thankfully sadly but thankfully this is the last time we see mira we never see mira again um she just she's somewhere warm you yeah. know just she the reeds are fine you know they're fine you know she says that when the white walkers come she wants to be with family and
1: oh okay uh, where did they come from
0: they're fine
1: uh, they're they're a northern house. Uh, so oh, so they're used to the cold. Then, so that's okay. Yeah, uh, maybe she's not somewhere warm. I wanted to to think she had. I don't know. She just wanted to get out and just go. Hopefully, not too far north. Um, they're you know, for fine. Future, uh, just for things that are about to happen. They're um, okay. The reeds are good. Yeah, Mirror lives. It's oh, okay. That's yeah. I hope, uh, but, uh, yeah, after Gray uh, Watch. Oh God. I don't, I don't even want to look where Gray Watch is on the map. Um, because I, yeah. I'd rather just not know. They're fine. Yeah. They're fine. Yeah. She's fine. Uh, but
0: yeah, she, you know, she becomes angry. Uh, she's like, that's all you have to say. You know, uh, you know, Hodor, Summer, my brother, they died for you uh what the fuck and she's like you're Bran Stark lord of winterfell and he delivers the line you know not really you know i'm not i'm not bran
1: anymore not not for real uh so weird it feels like he's having to like deal with that too or like i guess he yeah. knows but it's like it's like he has to say it to like remind himself almost a little bit
0: well, and I think that it's like, uh, he, he obviously delivers all these lines with an emotional distance. He's obviously not very invested in what he has to say. Uh, it's, there's an insistence to it though that kind of d- ultimately devours itself at the end of the show. Like I, spoilers, if you're here, this is a rewatch podcast. We finished the show. want to let you know so we talk (laughs) about the entire show Mm -hmm. um so get the fuck out of here if you haven't finished thrones uh bran ends up king i'm okay with that it's a cool journey and i appreciate that what i'd forgotten is his complete and utter insistence on the fact that he cannot be anything uh And then when the time comes, it's just kind of like, yeah, sure, I'll
1: do that. I think it's just his plan. It is just, he knows he will be king. The best kings are people who don't want it. He knew he was going to be king, but if he told anybody before, they'd look at him like, what? They'd look at him like, what, like, excuse me? Like, what are you saying right now? Uh... Yeah, no, it's just, like, from this point on, it's hard to think that Bran is not controlling absolutely every big thing that is going on, you know? And, like, I'd want it to, I'd want to still think that it's, like, the Lord of Light or whatever higher power that is going on, but the more and more the show goes on, the more and more I think the higher power is Bran, um there i think there are obviously things that
0: his future self influences it's bizarre to think about it that way too you mm-hmm. know like uh, he's not influencing them as we see him now
1: it's it's just been happening because yeah, it has right. to happen uh like hodor his entire life is enti- i mean not his entire life but basically his entire life was taken away just to aid brand just to get Bran where he is supposed to go. And it is like the same thing for every other character, um, but maybe it's not just for Bran to get where Bran needs to go. It's for another person that has to be there with Bran at the end to get Arya where she needs to go to kill the Night King so that he can go on and become king. So it's like... Yeah, at, at some point, you go down the rabbit hole, and you don't know where to stop. You know, it's like, yeah. is he controlling every little thing because he has to? Or um, is there actually a Lord of Light out there? You know, uh, some gods, you know, a god, whatever the one, whatever we want to call it in here. Um, but, I don't know. And and good news, though. Uh, Greywater Watch, um, very, very south of Winterfell. Um, even south of Moat Kalen, um, which it, it's, it's close they to the don't twins. Make it past Winterfell, yeah. baby. It's close to the twins, uh, Gray Water Washes. So, so Mira's good. Uh, Mira, know, maybe it's, maybe it's technically Riverlands then. Maybe that's where the reason. I think reason it might be. It, it looks like it. Yeah. It's in that right. transitional area between that's the north right. well, and the good. riverlands. That's so. good. I, all my delusion paid off. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. I was like, I need to know. You have
0: to delude yourself so deeply that you manifest it being true, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he says that everything that once affected Bran now seems distant and trivial to him. And Mira in horror cries, you know, you died in that cave. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Which is ironic considering. Three and
1: three eyed raven. Oh, he literally did literally die, die in the cave. Uh, wow. He died literally and figuratively. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah. It's quite the situation there. But
0: meanwhile, uh we get uh Arya arriving home and that shot of her pulling up over the hill there. Uh fucking loved it. Start theme going. Get those oh, violins dude, out. Come this on. is the they really, they really leaned into it this episode. Like the Stark theme was prevalent. Uh, and of course it is. We get some massive reunions, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is where we have my favorite, uh, character of the episode, Arya Stark, mm-hmm. and my favorite performance of the episode in Macy
1: Williams. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I think we did talk about this off mic. Um, I think it just has to actually be that way. I think this is one of those episodes. Where it's it's just, that's how it is. That's who it is. Um, There's such a
0: mystery that Shroud, it's so wonderful to watch her where you know everything about her and nobody else does. Like, you know something, I love when we know something that they don't, you know? That's one of yeah. my that's one of my favorites. It's one of my Macy favorites. Macy
1: Williams almost got the clean sweep for every favorite this episode. Oh, yeah. She almost I was almost going to give my scene to Winterfell as well. I'll I'll spread the love there for the scene. But yeah, for character and performance, I had to go with Macy Williams and Arya. Um but my line will still come from here. Uh, I still gotcha. Yeah, I loved I loved Winterfell uh this Oh episode. dude, a wonderful was, wonderful episode here. She
0: arrives to the gates and, you know, she's like, let me pass. I'm, I'm, I got to talk to somebody, you know, like, where's Jon Snow? Uh, he's not here, you know. Did you recognize?
1: Yes, I was just about to ask you yeah. if you did. And I yeah. didn't know who it was until this morning when I just checked who it was. And I was like, yeah, Joseph oh, Gwynn. my God. That's, uh, um, fucking guy from the, the Eddie show. Muntz. Yeah. M- Eddie Muntz. I don't know what his last Muntz name M- was, but she, freaking... Like a character the down. in yeah. stranger things. He was epic, dude. Yeah. Um and yeah, I'm like, I was trying to pick I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And then I'm yep. like, no way. Um yep. but yeah. Far before no, he
0: was uh, of any note, as obviously as he's playing a extremely minor role here <laughs> uh as a as a dumbass guard for the Starks. Um, mm-hmm. you know, she claims I am Arya Stark, and they're like, Arya Stark's been dead for years. And she's like, Go fetch Maester Lewin or Roderick Cassell. And they're like, We have no idea who those fucking guys are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been dead for a while now. Uh,
1: then go get John. All right. The king of the north. Go, you went know, south a while ago. Uh, Shit. she's like, Oh my god. All right. Then who the fuck is ruling Winterfell then? Yeah. Oh, Lady Stark. You should know, uh yeah, you're yeah. trying to be your sister, all right, fine, fucking idiots, go tell Sansa that her sister's home, and ju- just if holy shit, if I'm not who I say I am, I won't last long, like just yeah, who cares, let no, me in my not. home, God damn it, you know and, all done. yeah, it would be nice just to get a shot of Arya just walking in with no you know. No one coming up to her to stop her, but then, like, again, they're, makes sense, they're in know. a castle, you know, like they're
0: on lockdown,
1: they're they at just war, took the castle you know. back, yeah. They, you know, it's so it does make sense, but um, and and it gives you know good little uh, like getting away from the guards and her, you know, being like, yeah, no, I didn't oh, yeah. run, like, or you know, like, so it, it gives some some cool character building for Arya. like, that's like. There are so many things done in Winterfell that just builds her character up mm. so much and shows everyone there who she is, which is why I chose her for my character. And, yeah, we oh, haven't yeah. even really – man, I guess we literally just got her up walking to the gate. So, yeah, I'm jumping the gun a bit, but shows how excited I was. No, um, oh, at- no,
0: yeah, man. Like, whenever, uh, whenever they go and talk to Sansa and – they're like, she claims to be your sister. She mentions some motherfuckers named Llewyn and Cassell. We have no idea who those guys are. And Sansa's like, all right, you fucking idiots, leave me alone. Uh they're like, we don't know where she where she is, and she's like, I do. Uh, mm-hmm. and we get a Stark reunion in front of Ned Stark's uh Fuck. gravesite. And damn man, uh hard, hard not to go with this scene here. Um I mean, Sophie Turner and Macy Williams have not shared the screen in six seasons. Oh, my God. It's probably been close to 60 episodes since they were... Or 70 episodes. No, 60. uh, 50. Since they were on screen together. 50-something. Close to 60.
1: Sorry. Math. That's, (laughs) That's actually crazy. Yeah, this is a... A long, long time reunion, and like, oh my god, wow! I mean, I knew it felt good. Um, I knew it felt good when I saw it, but yeah, that makes it feel even sweeter. That like, finally, they're they're back. But well, yeah, I it's guess uh, it's been. They, it's, they it's, did get split up very quick. Yeah, um, no, and it's the quickly. most like
0: tense reunion we've had yet. Um. Uh, mm. It doesn't give way to tension immediately. It is very initially and it kind of maintains there's this air of maybe I'm projecting what happens later on in this season onto this moment. But like a, I appreciated the way that they handled each other. And, you know, she the way Arya is alluding to what she's capable of. And Sansa's like, haha, that's funny. You know, it's funny. No fucking way.
1: Am I right? Right. hmm. <laughs> Please. You know, right. uh, like uh, you're, and you I know. think, and like Arya takes that in as like perfect. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you don't know what I'm capable of. My image puts off something much, much different, uh, and she uses that to her advantage. Mm. Um, and yeah, no, I my line is actually a callback to that uh, right there. Eventually, uh, in the in the, in the Godswood gotcha. uh, when we get out there, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Arya, you know,
0: do I have to call you Lady Stark? Uh, and Sansa firmly insists yes and laughs and they they smile and hug uh still a bit unsure but uh Arya notes that Jon left her in charge and smiles when Sansa says that she hopes Jon will be back soon and uh he will be if, he was so happy to see me i can't imagine how happy he'll be to see you you know like uh they were they were the team they were yeah. the fucking duo we only got one episode of them also or two one and a half episodes of them, by the way, and we know they were the fucking duo yeah which Needle. Is, uh, needle,
1: yeah. what what is on her hip right now yeah. uh, was given to her by that man but uh, yeah the, they they look on sadly at their
0: father's grave, and Aryan says, you know they should have gotten somebody that you know knew what he looked like this doesn't uh, just doesn't look like our dad, and uh, Sansa acknowledges that everyone who knew his face is dead and Arya notes but they're not no oh, wow. I mean, every time they acknowledge like anytime characters acknowledge how far they've come you know like uh there was a moment between Tyrion and who uh, there was one with i think Varys, maybe i can't remember who the moment with Tyrion was but like Tyrion's like notes you know like here we're like we're still here i can't i
1: wish i could recall better who he was talking to but uh Ah, I'd say it's probably Varys. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, If if they're over in Essos and being, yeah, it Yeah, within drag.
0: I think it was when they got to like, uh, or when he got to uh, Marine, uh, and then they went together. But regardless, Mm -hmm. uh, Arya then asks if Sansa killed Joffrey, as everyone believes, Um, and she explains, "No, I didn't, but I wish I had." And Arya remarks, "Yeah, he was at the top of my list." And Sansa's like, yeah, yeah, let's fuck's that? Uh, Okay, interesting. What's what's that mean? Uh, Well, you know, I'm keeping a list of everyone I'm going to kill. And finally, they both laugh, and Sansa asks how Arya got back, but she only says her road wasn't a pleasant one, and Sansa agrees, as hers wasn't either. Uh, They hug again, this time much more firmly, much more assured in their love for each other it was very mm-hmm. sweet And uh, Sansa then informs Arya that Bran is home too and Arya is super excited you know she hasn't s- seen him since he was you know asleep um, and her
1: face falls when Sansa makes no mention of Rickon is it because of that I guess I didn't really pick that up I thought it was uh, like hey Bran's also here Oh, I guess it's probably that. I thought it was more of, like, Bran's here, but, but he's, he's not, not here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought, I, I and guess... frankly, I
0: think that was much more the intention. I'm going with the Rickon thing simply because... um,
1: Why on earth would she not mention that? Because he's that forgettable that even their own siblings forget about the kid. That's, no, 100%. The writers, D&D, this is the, one of the major
0: mistakes, is that this moment was not intended to be about Rickon. This moment was intended
1: to be like, Bran is not here. I think they forgot about Rickon, because I, I mean, I got 0% uh, that this end kind of, deflating from Arya was from Rick on. Like I got nothing I mean it's about
0: Bran huh? and his state of being. Uh mm-hmm. yeah, no. It's a stupid, stupid fucking like that's her little brother, you know? That's her baby yeah. brother. Her yeah, they
1: cut, they cut uh, to them walking up to Bran right after yeah. this, right? And yeah. I, I'm like you have to Sansa had to be like, hey, I have to give you a one Yeah the insinuation
0: is that, that Bran is not the same as he once was for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, wow, so Rickon!
1: Time. I did not think about Rickon whatsoever during this Winterfell Stark reunion where all the kids are together, and I'm like, man, I I even thought to myself, I'm like, I wish Rob and John could be here right now. Right? I did right. not think of Rickon at all, and I'm sorry, man. I'm like, he did nothing wrong. Rickon did
0: no, nothing wrong. The writers, I mean, like, and <laughs> frankly. What are you going to do with him? You know, they already raised everybody's age by about three years. Like in the books,
1: he's like three at the beginning. He named his direwolf Shaggy Dog. I mean, come on, dude. You know,
0: I I never, I guess I never really forgave him for that.
1: Kind of had it coming. You know, that arrow already (laughs) on his way whenever he named him Shaggy Dog. You know, that, like, just had his name on it, but. Yeah, it's kind of just like an Ollie situation. It's a, well, Ollie actually sucks, uh, for, yeah. you know, I actually do hate it. John, fuck
0: Ollie. But, uh, yeah, Sansa brings Arya to Bran in the Godswood where he is lost in thought by the Werewood Tree. And Arya is saddened to see him so paralyzed and still somewhat detached even at the sight of Arya. He says he isn't surprised she's alive because he saw her at the crossroads. And Arya's like, Okay, how the fuck's that? And Sansa's like, um, Bran has visions. Uh, and Arya's just kind of got to be like, okay, uh, sure. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And I, I love, like, I almost went with that line where she says that Bran has visions as my line. Uh, because the delivery of it is just, it's not so, I don't think it's supposed to be funny, but it's incredibly comedic the it way is. that she, oh, she's. Yeah uh <laughs> um, it's kind of just an aside you know like oh yeah uh forgot to I, mention yeah by uh, the way Bran um, sees things now you know like uh he he's well aware of everything happening at any given time uh hard to wrap your mind around i know uh but uh you know uh <laughs> brand says he thought Arya was going to king's landing and when Sansa asks, you know, why would she go there of all places, he he again startles them by saying, "Cersei's at the top of her list," and that's when Sansa realizes, like,
1: oh, <laughs> you know, okay. like, hey, I know that is the big slam dunk here, right? Of being like, yeah, it's on your list. It confirms Sansa being like, wait, what? You know, what the fuck? Like, she's like, oh shit. This is, like, this is real. So it's like an oh shit moment for Arya being like, wait, how do you know about that? Mm-hmm. An oh shit moment for Sansa being like, oh shit, she's telling the truth. And that's my line, yeah. is Sansa being like, who else is on your list? Because she's like, wait, this is real. And Arya says, most, most of them of are them dead, dead. Yeah. Oh my god, I was like, god damn. And, and then the, the, the face that um, Sophie Turner makes right after yeah. that is like, she like she's like holy shit my sister has turned into a badass like last yeah. time I left her she was just a little kid that was like she's like ah oh, I didn't like to be. she wasn't a girly girl no, like she didn't to sew, like or whatever like nothing killing you know like she that's why oh, she yeah. laughs you know, she's like yeah this is my list of people I want to kill that's why she laughs at her because she's like I have known you your whole life there's no way you're a killing machine and then yeah. now this is like validation. Uh, for it's real it. life yeah you yeah. know
0: like uh it, it there's this combination of uh admirance and fear that is really really present in sophie turner which i mean is a hard combination to pull off you whenever fear is involved in any capacity it typically dominates uh but you can tell there is a there's a certain degree of just like wow you know like uh you've really grown into the person you always wanted to be kind of, you know, like she wanted to be a warrior. She wanted to be, you know, she didn't want to be a lady. She Mm -hmm. wanted to be the fighter, you know? So like she's there now and it's, it's cool to see both of them have ascended to the places where they wanted to be. They obviously didn't get there in the most pleasant way, like they said, uh, but they, they ended up here and that's, uh, that's always really nice. But, uh, yeah, they, they then remark on the Valyrian steel dagger in his lap, and he explains, that Littlefinger gave it to me. Uh, you know, thought I'd want it. I sure as shit don't. Uh, it's a pretty terrible keepsake. Uh, mm. that nearly killed him, and indirectly set off a chain of events leading to his parents' deaths. Uh, and he's still listed, listless and disinterested in it. Uh, so Arya is confused as to why a common cutthroat would have a rare, priceless blade of Valyrian steel. And Bran matter-of-factly says that, well, someone very wealthy wanted me dead and gave it to the assassin. And so Sansa acknowledges she doesn't actually trust Littlefinger, and he'd never give anything to anyone unless expecting something in return. And uh, Bran says, you know, that that doesn't matter because he doesn't even want it. And instead, Bran hands it to Arya, says she can have it, saying the dagger would be wasted on a cripple. And Arya slowly takes the dagger And looks at it in
1: the very spot she will one day kill the Night King in. With Dude. Uh, Dude. It's little details like this that make me believe that every other detail is being set up by Bran right now. Like, the slow handoff. Like, he kind of, he makes this a moment, the handoff. (laughs) Like, the shot, the the camera, sorry, the camera zooms in to their hands and it shows the, the handoff happening. Um earlier I was going to say like the slam dunk of you know being like yeah that's you know that's it's it's a name on her list but right before then he says oh I thought you were going to King's Landing what's going what why are you here did Bran was Bran the interception like the the point at which she was making the decision like did he hop into hot pie you know whatever right. You know, what what kind of made Arya decide to go back to Winterfell? I forgot. Like she was, she met with Hot Pie there, and then she was outside. I remember looking at both paths, and then was like, "I got to go home." You know, sort of thing. She chose. Yeah, home. it's just that just that the Starks were home. Hot Pie told her that ever like
0: they yeah, took. not to
1: I'm like I'm thinking like to down to that detail that like Bran is controlling shit like. Like uh, maybe he didn't hop into Hot Pie or whatever, and and say all these things. But maybe you know, like like maybe this dude is is actually like I don't know. I I I I don't know what level he is he's doing these things. But like, it's this always is a story.
0: complicated thing to feature a character with power like this because I don't love that idea. I think it's distinctly possible, and that I don't love. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I think that. Uh, whenever there is a character with such ridiculous power that they can basically control the world. Um, not a huge fan. Uh, I think that, and it doesn't change shit drastically. I just like the idea of free will. Characters are making decisions on their own and they are deciding for themselves. And obviously influence is always a factor otherworldly or not, you know, Mm -hmm. like you, you don't, you could argue that no decision you make is 100% your own, you know, like there are influences that go back for as long as you've been alive that have influenced the way that you are and the decisions you make, you know? So, you know, you can make, you can make that argument, but yeah, you know, uh, it it is interesting to like, and you know, if you want to go there where, you know, he, he did something to influence hot pie to tell him, tell her that and send her on her way to Winterfell. Did he influence the innkeeper who kept Hop High on and hired him and let Shit, yeah. let him stay it's, there? Okay. And uh, did go, yeah, he in turn influence the Brotherhood Without Banners who took them there and did all, the, you know, like, uh, so you could just keep going back at like, because there's just a domino effect, you know, at one point he could have changed mm-hmm. something a long
1: time ago and that's just the way the dominoes have fallen oh you know, you, my god yeah, it's that so brain earlier. breaking dude oh man like to think to try to wrap your head around all that because
0: i would i would much prefer like the domino effect as opposed to the thing that i was saying like where it's mm-hmm. like a series of he choices. has to do every yeah. little
1: yeah yeah okay, yeah
0: i'd prefer that like he he's seen the possibilities there is one thing that he and i would i would like it too if he was just pretty sure it was the right thing not like 100% sure it was the right
1: thing uh i think like him giving arya the dagger this is one thing oh, he there, know yeah. he must do yeah. you know like he's like i think he know I, I like do you think he knows arya kills the night king right now
0: that's the thing too is that like is it is it that he knows that, or is it that he can feel that it's important? Because is that a vision he's seen, or is there something where he can tell there's an importance to it from his vicinity to this area with this person with this dagger? Is it something he can kind of sense in that moment
1: next ah, to the maybe he connected right? with that God's wood and exactly. right maybe there that's, that's where it happens. And then, okay, yeah, yeah. Because I guess he's still, like, later on here, he, like, he wargs and checks in where the Night King is. Yeah. Am I jumping another episode, or is that this this episode? But- okay, so I'm jumping. Um, but he he is still like, all right, now we need to send Ravens out. So it's like, so he's like, he is checking in on him, so he doesn't know exactly, like, how everything's going to play does out. That does so-
0: credence to the idea that he knows she kills the Night King in Winterfell. So he's like, how when soon? He, is that? When will he Where get? Where are him? they? Okay, you know, mm-hmm. like he can't. Maybe he doesn't know exactly when things will happen. He mm-hmm. just knows that they could. Or and we've seen versions of his visions. You know, like obviously we've seen the much more thorough. Like he's in that place at that time, watching it unfold. But we've also seen the basically cut together flashes of stuff that he's seen and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe okay. that was part of that, you know. So, like, this is the fun part about getting to the end of the show with Bran is speculating what he knows, what he doesn't, what, like, uh, that. that is certainly where most of the fun comes from with that character. But regardless, Sansa, Bran, and Arya, the three remaining true-born Stark children, proceed back to Winterfell's castle courtyard together, with Arya pushing Bran in his wheelchair, and Brienne of Tarth and Podrick Payne see them from afar, all three of Catelyn Stark's surviving children reunited. And Pod delivers my favorite line of the episode to Brienne, where he says, uh, Lady Catelyn would have been proud. Dude, I lost Um, it, man. I I did, too. I lost it, too. Hard. Because the Stark theme, again, swelling. You know, uh, Brienne, her mission is complete. She's Mm -hmm. done what she set out to do. Her daughters are back in Winterfell like it might not have been all her doing.
1: Oh my god. And she mentions yeah,
0: really. that, you know, she's like I hardly did anything and she's like doesn't matter, you know, like Come on, did- Brian. Yeah. yeah. Come on, you know. You did
1: everything you could, Brian. Give yeah. yourself some credit. Yeah. Um, and oh, um, and and Podrick being like you're too hard on yourself, you know. Um you're too hard on yourself, my lady. I'm not a Thank you, Podrick. Thank you, Podrick. It's like there's are su- su- uh, uh, such a nice moment in like so many things going on before Podrick even says, you know, Lady Catelyn would have been proud. I'm already thinking it. I'm like, oh, my God, the Starks are home. Like they're, they're all push. They're pushing Bran on his wheel. They're like, look at all like look at the three of them here. I'm already thinking it and then Podrick says it and I'm like oh I was like oh man and then like and then this nice cute moment between Podrick and Brienne as well and I'm just like oh, yeah. man Winterfell oh, yeah. is just is just the be. I mean to be. we're going to have like, to
0: pick it up after we get through Winterfell because we've already been recording for like an hour and a half and it's like three scenes that we've discussed we have uh, uh okay
1: 52 minutes we've been going oh um, wow I, I guess, wow. Well, like, I, I would have thought it would have been longer uh, now that you said that. But, uh, yeah. okay. Regardless,
0: okay. That makes me feel a little better. Uh, mm-hmm. 40 minutes shorter than I was thinking. That's good. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, sometime later, Brienne is going through a vigorous sword practice with Padrick and, uh, knocking him down when he overextends himself. And impressed, Arya interrupts and says she'd like to spar with Brienne. Uh, and she's like, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe we should find someone else. This isn't exactly my cup of tea. And she's like, nah, I don't want to spar with anyone else. You beat the Hound. I want to fuck with you. Let's do this thing. Uh And Brienne's like, okay, yeah, let's All fucking right. do this thing then. Um, and Sansa and Littlefinger watch on silently from the walkway above. And Brienne goes easy on her at first, but then Arya completely outmaneuvers Brienne using the water dance training she received from Syrio augmented by her training with the Faceless Men. And uh, Arya achieves many openings that would be a killing blow if she wanted them to be. And uh, surprised that such a young girl is so skilled, Brienne stops holding back, leading to a more grueling sparring session where Brienne's emotions get the best of her a little bit. You know, she starts Mm -hmm. going a little hard, uh, actually manages to knock needle out of Arya's hand, but she simply switches to the Valyrian steel dagger at her belt. And Arya uses her speed and agility to compensate for Brienne's strength Uh, until Brienne actually manages to bring her brute strength to bear on a fast-moving target by landing a kick in the middle of Arya's chest that sends her falling, and you can tell it's like a... uh, like Brienne's Uh, like, oh, shit, sorry. Uh, And then she does the whole fucking kick-up thing, and you're like, oh, god damn, you know? like, uh, And Mm -hmm. Sansa and Littlefinger all the while, they keep cutting up there, and
1: Sansa's like, oh my god, Jesus Christ. (laughs) What happened, man? Like, What did you do, Arya? What did you get into over in Essos? Um, I didn't even know she's been in Essos. Um, Dude, fucking cold. She does the thing where she switches hands with the dagger,
0: tosses it to her other hand, and they end up in a stalemate with it at each other's throats. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's a good moment. Brienne asks, you know, who taught
1: you to fight like that? And she simply responds, no one. Confirmation: Cereophorell is Jock and Hagar She learned. She didn't learn everything from Jock and Hagar. She learned her initial teacher was Farrell, but now we know they are all the same. They are all, all known. The same, guy. Um, same fucking, same fucking yeah. person. I don't know all if I'd rather want Cereophorell just to be an actual real person. I'd love him to actually be real, um, and not just a character that Jocan was playing, but, um, no, this, this was almost my favorite scene. Um, Oh, very actually. close to it. Yeah. 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 This, this was, I mean, it's, it was the culmination of, of Winterfell, you know, everyone's yeah. home. Arya's finally showing off. Sansa's watching. Um, yeah. the move, you know, is done here. I, I don't think I picked up on that um really yeah, before yeah. that she does do the another you know, foreshadowing
0: it's not the exact same but she displays that she can switch hands with the dagger and catch it mm-hmm. and everything like uh yeah because with the night king it's a simple drop and catch yeah. whereas this
1: one she's like flipped. Yeah, like she flicks it's it like a, yeah. uh-huh. like it's like yeah yeah uh, but so honestly easier the night the, the move for the night kings it kind of yeah, uh, that's, makes that's, more sense now it's elementary uh, for her mm-hmm.
0: you know uh but yeah. uh
1: Arya herself then glares up
0: at an equally surprised Littlefinger uh, to be like, yeah, what's up, bitch? I'm gonna kill you here in a few episodes. How about it? Um, But now we are on to King's Landing, wherein Queen Cersei Lannister is happy to learn that the gold taken from Highgarden uh, and the Lannister army at Highgarden is currently transporting the gold ahead of the capital. And uh, it remains in the north of the Reach seizing grain supplies. And Cersei meets with Tycho Nestoris of the Iron Bank and her atrium containing a large floor map of Westeros. And Tycho is pleased that Cersei will use the captured gold to pay off the Iron Throne's massive debt. You know, he's like, never thought that no one's ever paid off this large of a debt in one little fucking swoop. You, you know, you really are your, uh,
1: your father's <laughs> daughter, huh? Mm-hmm. Redefining. She's, she yeah. said, you are like redefining even what your father was about. Um... Yeah she oh, yeah. her father
0: never paid them.
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah their gold mines ran ran dry and just he kept taking money. Um so yeah she's actually doing the opposite. Um all she had to do was wipe out a house. That's it. Only uh, high garden. Um yeah. the second well, actually the richest the family richest in Westeros family actually yeah because the Lannisters appeared to be um a that's, great lesson in imperialism mm. if you want stuff you take stuff you know that's weird it isn't the united states of america currently 20 something trillion dollars in debt is mm-hmm. that true is that a true fact maybe even 30 i don't even fucking know what Several trillion, trillion
0: dollars we're at so um, you
1: know interesting uh
0: See, the thing is, is that it doesn't matter how many places we, you know, imperialize, because the whole world is even further
1: in debt than that, you know? like uh, It's just monopoly money at this point, you know? Like, it's like, what do we even... Once you get into the tens of trillions... That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything to me. Like, yeah, that's... But... But here, I'd I like to think that uh, Cersei is paying off a $20 trillion debt, you know, equivalent. Like, this is the right. medieval equivalent of, like, paying off the An country's entire debt. Nation debt. Yeah.
0: I mean, it is King's, La- like, it is the debt of the capital. Like, this is something, like, after a war. Like, in season one, Ned was shocked and appalled by how deeply in debt they were. It's been years since that, and there's been a whole war since that, bro. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's different uh, now. Uh, yeah, it's, but, a lot. uh, yeah, now that uh, the Lannister's old debts will be mostly paid off, the Iron Bake's faith in them is reassured. Uh, by their recent military victories, and Cersei wants to take out new loans to strengthen her position in the war. She's like, give me more money, man. I've proven my worth. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, you know, she can finish securing control over the rest of the continent. And they discuss that Cersei wants to use the money to hire foreign sellswords to bolster the depleted Lannister military ranks, and specifically she reveals that she has had Kybern make overtures to hire the best and largest private mercenary army in all of the free cities, the Golden Company. Uh, who do show up eventually and prove to be utterly useless. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tycho approves, you know, commenting that it helped the bank to collect significant uh, overdue loans. And he also assures Cersei that the Iron Bank will be delighted to help her with these future endeavors. And once it receives the gold she is bringing them,
1: they'll be all set. Yeah, that gold's on the way. Jamie's personally seen to it. It'll all be fine. Don't worry about it. That will be paid. Everything's good. Don't worry about it. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah, not not quite. That's okay. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, uh, uh before just a slight little mention. Uh with those two favorites for Macy Williams and Arya Stark. Uh her character bumps up to eight, which ties her with the hound. Um which is pretty cool. That's just a pretty yep. cool thing there. And then her performances bumps her up to five, which ties her with Sean Bean. Um right now, which uh feels Feels pretty good, but tied Arya with in character tied with Ned and performance. That's good. I like that. She is in f- tied for fourth place. Um, Arya is right now uh, second place. In both- or, uh- yeah, in char- just in character. Um, Jon Snow is the king, uh, still at fifteen. Oberyn still number two at ten. Uh, t- second place or two way tie for third. Tyrion and Daenerys at nine. And then the Hound and Arya at eight. Um, Damn. So, yeah. yeah. Davos yep. and Ned Stark tied for fifth. Um, Love so that. So our, our top five characters has a one, two, three, four, five. And I can't
0: wait. I can't yeah. wait for that Game of Thrones five by five, man. That's when we get to awesome. like really personalize it and decide exactly who our favorites are. I'm so excited. But uh, mm. yeah, we're then headed to Dragonstone, wherein... Daenerys Targaryen and Masande make their way down to the beach to meet Jon Snow, and Masande is worried about Grey Worm because they haven't heard any news from Casterly Rock yet. Uh they're still just marching across Westeros right now. Uh and Daenerys asks what happened between her and Grey Worm, and Masande Riley says, you know. <laughs> many things. You know she she went down. We 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 did the
1: thing. Uh she gave her that look like. Many things, Masande. Um, what does that
0: mean? And John's you know? like yo, grace, and she yeah. looks at Masande and is like, "You're going to have to tell me about that later, okay?" You know, like she doesn't—not yeah. in so many words. It's more a look, but
1: uh, you know, she's like, "We will continue talk about this, this talk. We will yeah. continue this talk." And I think also to parallel her feelings with what she wants to do with John. I mean, looking at that man, I, I, it's just—it's there, you know. It's—it's uh, it, brought up. I, you know, kind of brought up by both sides a little bit. Masande and D- Danny's more talking about you know Masande and Grey Worm. but like Davos and John eventually bring you know like, hey, what do you think about her? You know, and John's like, ah, no, you know, no time for that. But it's
0: an awfully, uh, that's an awfully yeah. pretty girl there, you know. Uh, Davos says, uh, mm-hmm. but uh,
1: but regardless,
0: John, you know, then leads Daenerys on a tour of the long abandoned Valyrian dragon glass mine that Samwell Tarly told him about, and the mine is ancient and impressive uh, used by the first men long before the Valyrians came to Dragonstone. But this is not why John asked Daenerys to come as they proceed deeper into the mines, led by torchlight. John shows her cave paintings. They discovered left by the children of the forest filled Mm -hmm. with arcane magical symbols, including many, many a swirl. Um, Daenerys is stunned that the uh, mythical children stood where they are standing now thousands upon thousands of years ago long before mankind ever arrived in Westeros. Have you ever... Uh, have you been to the Nelson Atkins Art Museum? In fourth grade. Um, okay. Was the I, last I, time I was strongly there. recommend going back. You will appreciate it much more now than you did in fourth grade. Oh, yeah. 1,000% uh, guarantee. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lion statue. One of the first things you'll see. You'll go up a set of stairs. There's a lion statue on the right right there.
1: This thing was made BC. Ooh. I don't think I've ever seen anything in my life BC, now that I think about that. And every
0: single thing I stand in front of in that museum, I think about how, however long ago, whether it's Mm -hmm. late 1800s or, or... 200 BC like that statue someone stood in front of this fucking thing and made this fucking thing hundreds or thousands of years ago and here it is in front of me and stuff like that just gives you a whole new appreciation for everything you know like it's just it's bizarre so when Daenerys delivers that line like when that's what she's in awe of whenever she's thinking like yeah wow they stood right here they did this thousands of yeah. like i felt that and it made it just was super validating like i was just like
1: daenerys you you get it you you the dog you know like you my homie uh mm-hmm. yeah i i love some people were saying uh like there's a fan theory that john drew all of this uh he yeah, yeah. they they knew <laughs> the dragon glass insert. was there but then, yeah this this was a ploy to try to convince her, and I'm like, oh come on, no, this is like what a what a great moment this is to be like, yeah that they that the first you know children of the forest were somehow down in Dragonstone at some yeah. point to think about that. Um, well, I mean, but- when the first men came, like I think
0: that. Children of the forest used to rule the continent of Westeros. Not rule, but like they used to be They were the
1: natives. Yeah. Like they were yes,
0: th- just there first. Yeah. They were the indigenous mm-hmm. people of Westeros. And then the first men arrive. I don't know the history. I'm I'm curious about when the first men arrived. Because like there's the Andals and the First Men. Uh, and the rain are yeah like the fuck are all those things i don't know if you're looking for game of thrones experts this is not the place to be or a song of ice and fire experts Mm -hmm. i should say uh not not here uh we'll be Mm -hmm. curious with the rest of you you know uh but uh regardless you know john says this isn't uh exactly true That the children of the forest were standing there thousands upon thousands of years ago, uh, leading her into another chamber, this one filled with narrative drawings of children and the first Mm -hmm. men. And Daenerys wonders if children and the first men fought each other, but Jon goes, no. And then he leads her to ancient carvings of White Walkers themselves, one of which Jon recognizes as an image of the Night King. And John explains that the children of the forest and the first men only managed to drive off the White Walkers the first time during the long night because they chose to join together to fight off their own extinction. And that this is the choice for them now.
1: Yeah, I guess. You know, I was thinking, um, like, the Night King is there, uh, like they show, you know, in the cave paintings. So this is obviously a time in which after the Night King is created. Did winter just not exist? You know, before then, like, did the season of winter just not exist? And then th- this is like the long, like this is why everyone is like, holy, like holy shit, or maybe like it. I don't know because whenever they created the Night King, it's at that Godswood. It is very spring, like that is north of the Wall where they created him, and it is still it's lush, like green. I think- I think
0: they had, they had winter seasons. They were forced to build the wall because of the creation of white walkers. Um, Okay.
1: So it was winter, but not, not the night king coming down and killing everyone. The
0: north of the wall is the way it is, is because of the army of dead. Um, Okay. Okay.
1: So yeah, I don't know. It's, that's why it's
0: eternally winter there, you know, like, uh, Okay. Cuz even yeah. even early on in the show at Winterfell in like season 1, it lush. It was green. There was no snow. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. shit, it was like that as recently as the fucking Battle of the Bastards. There's there's not snow falling, you know, like True. it's it's True. not lush, but it's like, you know, it's their fall period, you know, mm-hmm. it's right before winter. Um so <laughs> like I like to think that that's kind of how it is. Winter just wasn't quite as extreme. Uh but there was still winter. I I like to imagine, but okay.
1: uh Yeah. I'm just trying to think of the overall grand history of how, you know, like, how Game of Thrones started and everything. Like, the Children of the Forest, they're chilling in Westeros. You have, you know, Valyria is fucking a thing. You know, so so maybe they just created the Night King because dragons. They're like, fire dragons. What is the opposite? We need just cold. We need a cold weapon. Here we go. I guess I hadn't considered that
0: dragons would have had to have existed at the time, at that time. And I time. think
1: at large numbers. As, in no, yeah. And you know, probably, as, yeah. yeah. Um, so. Yeah, good point. I hadn't considered that. So maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe, I mean, Song of Ice and Fire, maybe that is just mm. what it all was. Like, it's, it is just that basic. Yeah. Um,
0: but, but regardless, John I mean, asked Daenerys to ally with him now. And Daenerys says, you know what? Yeah. I will fight with you, Jon Snow. On one condition you bend the knee. And John tells her that the North won't accept a Southern ruler again after everything that has happened to them. And Daenerys urges that they will if their king does. And if his point in showing her the cave drawings was that she should swallow her pride and ally with him because the White Walkers are such a world-ending threat, by the same token, the North should submit to her because
1: their survival should outweigh their pride. I'm, I'm like annoyed on both ends here. I'm like, one John just fucking kneel. Who the maybe, fuck cares? Maybe. Like, you know what you stand for, you know that, like, you truly don't want to do it, but just, you know that you need her dragons, you know you need her on your side. So yeah, just, just, is your pride really that much more important? He stands on business. But then, at the same time, Daenerys, it's kind of like, that whole point of the cave experience was to be like, They set aside their differences to fight the common enemy. They set aside everything because they realized this is the threat. This is what we must do. And Daenerys is still like, yeah, I realize that, and I realize that this is probably a problem. You still have to think of me as your queen, though, um, or else I just can't do it. Sorry. And it's like... So you're putting, you're not putting your pride aside. You know, it's it's kind yeah. of like hypocritical. No, it's, it's very also. hypocritical. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. oh come but on, just fucking really. get on with it. I'm like, just both like this. is are incredibly prideful. Both mm-hmm. of them
0: are. They're both royalty.
1: Yeah, you a, know, a king like, and a queen. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's. Uh, it's, it's, it is interesting to see them clash, like, you know. Hmm. Um, if
0: only there were an obvious answer to this quandary. As you are both, uh, both royalty, one of you is a king, one of you is a queen, perhaps there's something that should be arranged, uh, regardless. Uh, but, uh, as they exit the cave to the beach, they are joined by Varys and Tyrion with grave looks on their faces. They have bad news from Highgarden, and they inform her that the unsullied succeeded in capturing Castle Rock only then. To reveal the disaster which just occurred in Highgarden. As Tyrion's military strategy fell apart. I don't know if you uh, recall. Tyrion doesn't do anything right the rest of the show. Uh, really? Doesn't get a single. Like there is not a single thing he does right. In terms of aiding Daenerys' battle plan. Um, hmm like he completely fumbles the bag as her hand the rest of the show um and i don't think it's something they intended to do i think it's a side effect of them trying to figure out a way to let daenerys's shit fall apart uh it ends up reflecting poorly on Tyrion. yeah Uh, because he
1: is very quick to be like ah we're still fine you still have dragons that let's just go to king's landing uh let's Let's just start with the plan A, you know, the plan A that we had. Let's do it. Yeah, he is kind of scrambling. Um a fast decline for him, that's for sure. Uh oh, seeing yeah, that he can't but... get anything wrong and that he does everything. You know, maybe she it's gives just... shit,
0: you know. She's like, hmm. Maybe you didn't want to beat him, huh? How about that? You know? That is your family. You mm-hmm. know, what about it? Um, you know, you lost us Dorne, the Iron Islands, and now the Reach. pretty heavy hitting losses there within a matter of episodes. Is he double uh, agenting? Like is he is he actually th- playing for the other side? You know? I don't think so, but that's the thing is that like it's it's so blatant that he's doing so poorly that that could be the case. Um which is out of character, I feel like for Tyrion. Uh yeah, I don't like, know
1: though. I think the only family Tyrion truly wanted to kill was his dad. He, yeah. He likes Jamie. He doesn't want to kill Jamie ever. Cersei it's kind of just in this gray area. It's like you're kind of He's like my dad. Year,
0: so he doesn't want to, but if he has to, he could and it you know like that's
1: yeah. That's so kind I feel of like what he does, is. like I feel like there is actually some some pull he has to not wanting to kill his family. You yeah. know, it's like this is like I I got the guy who I wanted to get rid of and I mean- ideally... We see it in
0: this episode later on. Him watching the battle as they destroy a Lannister army, and him kind of be like, "Oh no!" You know, like uh, I know these men. They've once fought for me. You know, like he's led this army. Yeah, in the battle, like that's a yeah, whole thing, man. Like it would be complicated. It sure as shit would, but. Yeah, Tyrion insists, you know, we still have enough ships left and we at least shut, we can shuttle the Dothraki from Dragonstone to the nearby coast, even with the loss of all our other allies, her combined Unsullied and Dothraki forces are still the largest army in Westeros, or good. And Daenerys fumes that her vast numbers are useless if she can't feed them all, as that was the Reach's true strategic value. And uh Daenerys decides that she has had enough of clever plans and will use the Dothraki and her dragons in a direct assault to turn the tide of the war back in her favor. She says she's gonna assault the Red Keep with all three of her dragons, intending to raise it to the ground with all her enemies inside it. Um and this is my favorite scene. Oh. Uh whenever whenever she asks John, you know. She's mm-hmm. like, What do you think I should do?
1: Man. And yeah, camera yeah, work here. But also incredible the like the shot of Daenerys walking over to Jon passing by all of her other advisors advisors. like yeah and and like it it being like this is obviously just the guy to ask like I've I've barely known him for any amount of time but she's like clearly got this down though he took Winterfell back
0: he defeated a larger army Mm -hmm. you know he needed help but he defeated a larger army (laughs) uh Like, it's just something like, so she asks him and he argues against such a course of action, you know, by bringing dragons back to life and breaking and breaking the slave trade. You know, she's proven that things that were impossible are Mm -hmm. no longer impossible. That is the value you have. You need to show them. It's what makes you different that you make the impossible possible. And if you use your dragons to melt castles and burn cities, you are no different from any of the more tyrannical of her ancestors who came before her. A lot of, so much, a lot of burning cities, a lot of melting castles. It's just, it's it's much more clear that this is always something
1: she had the capability of doing. She was Um, going to do it right now. She was about about to go and hop on Drogon and burn King's Landing to the ground. And everyone's like, why did she do this? That was so sudden. Out of character. Daenerys would never. She was literally about to do it right now. And she's been talking about doing it. They've
0: made it repeatedly clear throughout the show that the Mm -hmm. reason she doesn't is because cooler heads prevail. Her advisors, who she trusts and often often cases who she loves tell her that's probably not the course of action we should probably try to figure <laughs> something else out um and she's like you know what that's fair let's try that when we get to season 8 episode 5 there is nobody left nobody n- Missandei dead Jorah dead Tyrion she's basically swept aside Jon no longer loves her they've they've burnt Varys alive they're they're done
1: yeah everyone is gone she has no one to cool her down and she's only getting madder as time goes on only getting worse and worse in that she continues to despise the
0: Lannisters uh and everything that's happening so like I I I get it uh (laughs) later on John and Davos Seaworth proceed back to the castle and Davos remarks that John seems attracted to Daenerys. And John's like, uh, yeah, she's got a good heart. Uh, let's forget about it. Uh, I don't have time for that. He says yeah. uh, the night King and his horde of the undead are coming. I don't have time to be horny Davos. Yeah. The dead noticed, are
1: arriving. I noticed you've been staring at her good heart for a while there
0: or whatever, you know, whatever he says, another good heart. Yeah. yeah. Fucking love Davos, man. Oh. Uh, John stresses that they need to ally with Daenerys because the North itself is largely depleted of soldiers after so many years of war and the Red Wedding. So they only have maybe 10,000 soldiers or less left, to which Davos corrects fewer. I don't know if you caught that callback to Stannis would correct him on his grammar all the time. Uh, oh. And Stannis was like a grammar Nazi. Like whenever he sat
1: it, uh, oh my God, that's incredible! Uh, yeah, oh, so whenever he, Shireen, he is pure, yeah. Shireen's reading lessons coming yes. through, and yeah. like, oh no, okay, that's sad. I thought it was just to clarify, like, just a, a point to clarify that they don't have a lot of people, but now it's actually this cute moment where Shireen is living on it's a little good. bit, you know? Yeah. Damn it, damn it, the show can just. It really do it does, sometimes. Man.
0: But uh, later on, they run into Masande again, who politely inquires why John's surname is Snow, even though House Stark has ruled the North for centuries. And his father, Ned, and brother Rob both had the name. And John explains, you know, well, I, my, my parents weren't married, so I'm a bastard. And as a result, my name's Snow. Um, and Davos asks Masande if they have similar customs for bastards and not. And Masande's like, oh, yeah, we don't have marriage. Um, no bastards. Everybody's just kind of born, so that's just kind of that. And uh, Davos is like, "That sounds liberating. Uh, sounds like heaven head- for a yeah, guy like Jon Snow. How about we head to Noth?
1: Yeah, You're down. You know, uh, seems like Jon's uh, hop on a boat and go away, like destination land. Like right. uh, if he wanted, you know, the classic, like let's let's leave this all behind yeah. and go to a go to a place. Noth would be Jon's place. Would be that. Uh,
0: but you know, he asked why she left and Masande's like, well, I didn't really, I was taken by slavers and they killed my family and everyone there. So that was that, but I was freed by Daenerys and Davos suggests, well, you, you are serving her now. Am I wrong? And she counters that she and all the freed slaves served Daenerys because they choose to. And Davos keeps pushing, asking what would happen if Masande decided to return to Noth immediately. And uh she responds that Daenerys would give her a ship and wish her good fortune. Yep. And uh, that's true. It's very true. Uh, she Obviously, she'd be like, I would like you to stay. Please stay. But she would let her go. It's not like she's being held prisoner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but while they're still in the causeway, they see a lone ironborn ship approaching, a survivor of Yara Greyjoy's fleet. And Theon Greyjoy himself and some of his men come to shore on a rowboat. And as Theon disembarks, he is stunned to see Jon Snow Uh, kind of like, God damn it. You know, he's like, I just
1: escaped death and now I am going to be <sighs> murdered. Yeah, uh, Theon's just like, God, I can never get a break. I'm I, never, gotten, I'm never gonna I have never gotten a break since I was seven. You know, like, uh, like that's, God, that's where he's at. I love John just standing there posted up. I, for yeah. some reason in my he, head, I imagined the meme of like, the super short and like stretched out. Um, like for some reason, <laughs> like whenever they do that, for some, I feel like this would be a perfect one. Yeah, it uh, would, for John. It would. Um, oh, that's funny. but man, no, yeah, th- this is, man, yeah, poor Theon. Poor Theon just can can never catch a break. You know, at least, at least, uh, it is known what, what he did for Sansa, yes, Hel- yes. helping her out. So he's like, all right, you know, that's yeah, the at only least- reason he's not killing him right now. Um,
0: and uh, visibly relieved, Theon informs them that Euron Greyjoy attacked their fleet and took Yara prisoner. And he says he he's returned to ask Daenerys' help in saving her. And John grudgingly tells him that Daenerys has just left. Yeah. We then she, head to the reach. She yeah. going. She uh, going. But uh, at Highgarden, Jamie Lannister coordinates the soldiers loading up the spoils of war for transport. The sack of Highgarden allowed them to seize all of House Tyrell's substantial gold stores, which they send ahead to King's Landing first, uh, before moving on to secure grain shipments. And Jamie procures a large bag of gold coins and gives it to Braun as payment for his services. And Braun, however, is annoyed that this isn't the full reward he was promised, which included a wife from the nobility and a castle. And he then half-seriously asks why Jamie doesn't just give him Highgarden uh yeah there's one there's a castle right there jamie by the way Uh, he's like bro you don't want that one daenerys is gonna come soon and take it uh but we got all the gold so we're good uh i love that that's part of the plan they're like we literally just want the grain and gold the castle's gonna get taken though you know like they're prepared
1: for that fully
0: they don't Um, give a fuck
1: like everyone's dead in there uh the did they kill like they killed all the soldiers but like what, what are all the, uh, the citizens that just live there? Like, are they, um, citizens don't live in the castle. Um, oh, okay. That's true. Yeah. That, they is would, house. I guess.
0: that is the house that the Tyrells live in. Um, and they slaughtered everybody who was there, uh, regardless of, you know, servants, whatever,
1: they killed everybody. Yeah. Um, okay. So house Tyrell is really gone. Like yeah, really, really yeah. gone. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's what that you bring up a good point though. That's what's always confused me about Winterfell. Um, I have no idea how big Winterfell is.
1: Yeah, it's. I guess Winterfell is more of like a compound rather than a castle, like
0: a true it's, castle. It's, a, it's like a commune. Like a
1: a citizenry lives there. Uh huh. I feel and, like they and, they still have a castle within. That like the, that the Starks have their quarters in, but even then it's not like a big castle, you know? Yeah. I wonder the, like a, if there's a Winterfell map, um, specifically. I don't know. Like how big it is. Ooh, okay. I mean, you see, okay, we have seen it from above. Um, yeah, there's, there is, it is like, there's a castle. There's a, a big building, but then other buildings and, The God's Wood is even its own, yeah. Yeah, Like has a wall around it, yeah. Um, But yeah, little, you know, yeah. This this apparently says it has, you know, an armory, um, a kitchen, a bell tower, some stables. So yeah, it's got like it's a little town, it's a little commune in there. Um, They're chilling.
0: Yeah, Um, no, it's a that's cool. I like Winterfell that way. Then, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, later on they. Jamie and Bronn catch up with Dickon Tarly. <laughs> um, you know, House Tarly had been loyal to vassals, loyal vassals of the Tyrells for generations. He knew many of the men they killed, even hunted by, uh, hunted by their side at some point. Uh, but Jamie replies, those men didn't deserve to die, but the faults belong to Olenna because she chose to side with Daenerys. And Dickon then outright confesses that the aftermath was horrible, particularly the stench of the corpses and Braun playfully taunts that Dickon, a sheltered nobleman, finally learned that men shit themselves when they die.
1: Yeah, uh, I learned that when I was five. Uh, you guys didn't learn that in prep boys' school or whatever? Did, you I know, didn't learn uh, that when you
0: killed a motherfucker for the first time?
1: Yeah, I guess that's what it takes. And I yeah. think this is Dickon's first time... Yeah, Pop the cherry there. Um, is he really... Ki- like, yeah, this is his first battle, but like... Has he actually killed someone? I I don't think so. No, no. I think he oh, like that's
0: I think that's what this proves is that he was yeah. he was wedded here. But uh Yeah. The Lannister Army continues east approaching a river, and Jamie and Braun are surprised to hear what sounds like distant thunder until they realized it must be approaching cavalry, and they call to arms. Uh you know, they get the shields ready, but over the horizon a massive 100,000-strong horde of Dothraki cavalry armed to the teeth and baying for blood ride over the ridge. And Braun advises that Jaime ride ahead to King's Landing, but Jaime insists he will not abandon his men. And Braun bluntly tells yeah. him that the Dothraki will quickly <laughs> overwhelm them and Jaime is
1: too valuable as a commander to stay and fight. I love that just the Dothraki alone, Braun's already like, we're fucked. They're like, it's like, we are done. Like this, we are not surviving. The Drogon has not shown up yet. Like, it is just the Dothraki, and they're like, instantly, they've never seen them fight. They've only heard legends of the Dothraki. Yeah. They are here. They, they are, are see, they, like, it is instant. they probably instantly know it is the Dothraki as well. There's yeah. no question about it. It's like, that can't be anything they're little, they're like but. The war cry
0: and the thundering hooves, just mm-hmm. so
1: fucking cool. Oh but, my god.
0: Then, in an instant, Jaime and Bronn look to the sky in awe and in horror, as all the other sound is drowned out by a massive roar, a roar not heard on the battlefields of Westeros in over a century and a half. Above the approaching Dothraki, the Lannister army sees Drogon, and uh, ridden yeah. by the Queen herself, and Drogon outpaces the Dothraki, and at Daenerys' command, Dracarys, he blasts a torrent to of fire through the Lannister ranks from the front to the back, punching a hole in their formation, and the highly mobile Dothraki light cavalry cavalry immediately sweep through it and wheel around to catch those parts of the Lannister lines in an enveloping mass. And mm. uh, the yeah. Lannister-Charlie lines around Jamie and Randall, however, manage to rally under their leadership, but uh, it doesn't go well for them, to say the least. Uh,
1: <laughs> and, Not much you can do... Um, against a dragon, you know, I, uh, it's just, uh. No, nah, they're fucked, man. They are Yeah, so- it's, it's like going to medieval times with the fucking, a, a jet, you yeah. know? It's, it's, it's just a single one. It's, it's all you need. It is like, there's. What can you do even with a giant boat? They have one weapon that can do anything to Drogo. And Jamie's like, I only got one hand, bro. Bron, you're gonna have to go ahead and ban that bitch. Oh, um, and did I mean, like, what year is is this? Is season seven coming out? 2016. Seven? Yeah, I think seventeen. I think 17. It's 17. seventeen by now. Man. man, Drogon is is just looking. Drogon good. looks like, fucking good. Drogon looks incredible. One thing to-
0: that I um, and it's hard. It's so difficult. It's so difficult. <laughs> is the scale of him. Doesn't make
1: sense most of the time. Um, it kind of goes. It switches. Like, it's yeah. like... He looks way bigger and at some point. over and, the horizon here...
0: That thing is fucking thousands of feet long. And that is not how big Drogon is. Yes, yeah, he is like, spanning. Like, his wingspan is like... Ten, I mean... It, it's, it's like insane. A, It's like 10,000 Dothraki
1: that he's spanning. Yeah. Which is not... And then not when he like lands... Yeah, when yeah. he lands then, and, like, even, well, you know, he does look big whenever he's kind of, like, still right in the so air the and floating. He's huge, but, like... But, yeah, but then when he's actually on the ground and Jamie's charging, like, and, like, he's protecting Daenerys there, like, he's yeah. way smaller on yeah. the ground than yeah. he is in the air. Um No, and
0: I can't blame them. Like, that's an incredibly difficult thing to keep track of and try to manage through visual yeah. effects. Um And, frankly, you could also justify it as, like, that's how they're seeing him come through the clouds. You know, like they've never seen they're anything They're so like scared that they're like, holy you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but regardless, Bronn reloads the scorpion and tries to fire again and a rage at this direct attack on Drogon. Daenerys leads Drogon on a direct charge, diving straight down at him, who waits for her approach close enough that he hopefully won't miss before she is right on top of him. And he fires another shot, which impales Drogon's right shoulder. Uh, mm-hmm. and the mighty dragon lets out an awful screech and collapses in shock. And Tyrion watches in the distance like,
1: fuck,
0: you know, uh, but uh, <laughs> Braun is elated only for Darius to quickly break Drogon out of his fall right before they hit the ground, which would have killed them both. And uh, the surviving Lannister soldiers then realize that not only is the dragon not dead, he's in a lot of pain and quite angry. So uh, hovering above the river, Drogon sets his sights on the device, which did this to him and uh, scorches it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't think Daenerys needed to tell him Drakars for this no, one. This was, Drogon was like, was like I see that thing, I take out that thing. He's like, I, thing I don't... Fucking terrible. Yeah. He like scorches it, and when he lands, is it the thing that he takes out with his tail yes. too, that he tail yeah. whips? So yeah. he like double taps it. Yeah, he's like, yeah. fuck this thing. He's like, like
0: fuck he... this thing. <laughs> uh, but uh, Daenerys dismounts and desperately tries to remove the scorpion bolt, and by this point, the devastation caused by the dragon and the sheer number of the Dothraki have completely wiped out the Lannisters. And uh, mm-hmm. Tyrion Lannister views the battle from a distance on a nearby hill. And uh, he, he's he's there with a Dothraki commander who remarks that Tyrion's people can't fight. And Tyrion looks gravely on the battlefield, realizing that these are in fact his own countrymen and House Lannister is being massacred. Men who Tyrion had previously fought alongside Men who he had commanded and led, and many burning and and dying, rush to the river to try to to extinguish the flames. And Jaime, however, sees that Daenerys is grounded and immobilized and realizes he has one chance. You idiot, as Tyrion puts it. (laughs) uh if he can kill daenerys even now he can end her invasion and jamie grabs a spear and (laughs) charges his horse across the battlefield to make a death run for daenerys as she tends to her dragon and Tyrion swears under his breath again you fucking idiot uh don't you do it you fucking idiots i love that that you fucking
1: idiots he says it like like four times uh yeah and it's true it is like there is a dragon right there i mean like you can get lucky. Yeah. I'm like, he, I think he knows it's a death. Like, he knows bro, he's probably I he's gotta, dying. I gotta
0: salute, Braun. What the fuck? You know? And I get, like, we get a great line next episode that yeah. I will always remember because it's so good. But, you know, you owe me. And until you pay me, a dragon doesn't get to kill you. You don't get to kill you. Only I get to kill you, you know, so he's like, uh, I'm a savior ass until I get paid, you uh, know. Um,
1: yeah, man, I mean, and it, it, it hit me like on first watch, you really are thinking like, one, holy shit, is Daenerys about to get a spear thrown? Like, is Daenerys about to die? You know, like this, it, yeah, there's a dragon. It's not looking good for Jamie, but that is a possibility. But what's way more possible is like, oh, shit. Jamie's about to die. Like Jamie is about yeah. to be eaten, scorched, something. And then, you know, th- this is—it's a complete blindside to have Braun come in and and then you know they just go in the the pond or little river um, there. And yeah, I didn't think about like having armor on and falling into a river um, or any body of water. You're gonna like that is the opposite of a life jacket. You are sinking to the bottom of whatever body of water you're going in. But I was um, reading that this episode broke a lot of records uh, for setting people on fire. Um, I believe it. I believe it. it set the record, like, previously it was, like, for movies, massive movies. I forgot what they were. Probably Um, Lord of the
0: Rings and...
1: But, yeah, uh, they, they set the record for most people on fire just for one scene, And then most people on fire simultaneously at the same time, um, which was like 20 or 30 something people on fire at the same time for one shot, which is act. That's, that's just nuts.
0: Whatever gets the job done, you know, hard to, you know, I think you could fake it, but it's,
1: it looks good. It looks good Mm -hmm. when they don't. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And man, does like the, it's crazy seeing like, the, the direct hit people that are hit directly by Drogon's fire are just, like, gone. Like, oh, yeah, just, okay. the direct, yeah, if, if you're in the direct hit, you're just gone, but if you're just even in the peripheral, like, I mean, even by the slightest, you're just engulfed in flames, and you're, yeah. like, you're just done. And, ugh, like, it's, it's great. Like, oh, what a battle. This is, I, I, this is what I ended up going with for my scene. is it's uh yeah. It, I mean, it, it was too good not to give any nod to um, just because, I mean, it, it's crazy. Like the money it's they heavy. spent here yeah. as well. Like, I mean, this is it's the scale. Well, I of remember
0: it. uh like there is a certain grandiosity to this that, you know, even the battle in the end of season six over in Marine doesn't quite get at because there's we're in Westeros now This is the first time a dragon has done this in Westeros in over 150 years. So there's just a, there's a shock and awe that these people cannot even comprehend and a horror that they can't comprehend. Yeah, it's not a a wonder. It's it's not seeing
1: Drogon and being like, ah, what a beautiful sight. I can't believe I'm seeing a dragon. It is. What a gorgeous beast. No. That thing is coming to kill me. (laughs) I am going to die. That is a guarantee. Ooh. Yeah, I mean it, it. was looking good. Apparently, the most expensive episode to date uh, with this one. Oh, I believe uh, Battle that. of the Bastards being that. the previous king. Um, and that was according to the cinematographer. I believe is uh, gotcha, him saying gotcha. that this one was was a little more expensive than even Battle of the Bastards, which uh, I believe it. It looks. Yeah,
0: it, it does. Yeah, uh,
1: needed the ground troops and the VFX. Of Drogon, which are not cheap. I-, I think Drogon was quite the expense, so they like to yeah, stack I it up whenever it they could. Good, yeah, uh, he did. Like, I mean, the light bouncing off every scale that he it's has, different. you know, and oh, like yeah. you could even see his muscles and like his legs. Yeah, um, it's and like odd. it's, I mean, it- it's nuts. The detail they they're getting with Drogon uh, for a TV show, you know, which is insane. This is not a movie. This is not a feature film, but. Those effects are good enough um, for it. So, but yeah, I think that is it. Yeah, no, Hodor's... I did uh, on the Arya kill list. I put Brienne of Tarth's reputation. Um, <laughs> Arya, Arya uh solidified herself as number one. Uh, you know, in the, in the power rankings right now. Brienne beat the Hound, so Brienne is above the Hound. Arya defeats Brienne.
0: She she slayed Sansa's illusions of her, you know. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah Sansa's, Sansa's
1: expectations of
0: her. I were like
1: destroyed. that. And uh, Sansa's, yeah, expectations. That's th- that's good. Uh, Bran already knew. Bran's in the know. Um, he's just kind of like that, but yeah, Sansa definitely got a got a wake up call there. Uh new sister upgrade uh it's just dropped for sansa um yes, yes. Uh, our update yeah this is a uh, quite the change for her new sis
0: who dis you know uh yeah. that's
1: uh that's what's going on for sansa right now
0: but uh mm-hmm. yeah i think it's time for a rating how are you feeling about this
1: bad boy enjoyment wise and, 1 to 10. and man that's the thing is we talked the hell out of this one uh and i think it's like and that, like, Winterfell. just went to, like big things happened. Yes. Yeah. yeah, like it's just it, not many big things, but the things that happened were very substantial, um, substantial. And and like, just Winterfell was amazing. This battle was amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I, I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, I was crying a lot at Winterfell. Yeah, um, I enjoyed Drogon a whole lot. I mean, this one. Maybe not a ten, but maybe a nine seven five man i mean this one i have I have see. some hesitations, I think I would go nine five on a
0: personal note um which we're we're talking a negligible difference there, so mm-hmm. like uh not that big of a deal um but what are some like some of our previous nine seven fives
1: mm-hmm. feel like're yeah, just
0: see. extremely yeah. strong
1: home uh, episode two um of season six um Let's see the finale of season five. Uh, Kill the Boy episode five. Of OK, you know, five. I think
0: it could join those ranks. I don't think that sounds bad. I, I, I'm cool with the nine seven five.
1: Yeah, I mean, this this one just surprised me emotionally and like the action at oh, the gorgeous. end as well. It's gorgeous
0: I think episode.
1: it kind of um, just wonderful. had had everything like yeah. uh, it had the politics that you like from Game of Thrones it had the action yeah. from Game yeah. of Thrones you like and it had the emotional resonance that you want out of any TV show um so i mean i i mean i i really was surprised by this one um, no, yeah i uh it's a goodie it's a fucking goodie. But, i'm cool with the 975 i'm very cool with that um
0: and critically I mean, it's not super far off you know i i, I think floor yeah. 9 you
1: know yeah, yeah the Last episode we gave an eight seven five, and I think it 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 was better made. I mean, this one was just maybe it just kind of wrote itself. You know, the Stark reunion, just all of them together again. That just kind. of – I mean, any way it happens, I'm gonna I'm gonna be all right with that. Right, um, right. But the battle, I mean, I mean, the way like that they used Drogon and everything, like it wasn't just you know I don't I don't. It was very purposeful. She was destroying all the gold, all the carts, all the the big shit. While the, you know, Jothraki come in, deal with all the ground troops, and, and like, I don't know, I, I thought, like, it was, everything seemed very thought out, everything, it was shot, like, very well, um, I, I like this new director, uh, Wanda, I mean, this is, this is, I like his stuff, I think, um, that I'm seeing, so, I'm i fairly I'm thinking... certain
0: he's supposed to direct the new Fantastic Four movie as well, um, okay, so, yeah. The dude's, uh, like. the
1: dude's good. The Dude's gonna be busy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking like because episode two of this season we gave a nine five, um, and that was Stormborn. Um, that man, that was, that was a good one. That was just that good, was pretty good. Um, I'd go nine two five. Yeah, that's three. what I was gonna say. I think I was just gonna say maybe just slightly right below that. Yeah, that's um, cool with me. So yeah, there we go. Shake it out to a nine four two. Uh, 94%, uh, which would be like uh, episode two. Uh, we gave the exact rating, 975 and 925, of season six, home. Um, on that one, guess who's... Ba- oh, yeah, John, coming back to life. Hello! I was like, what happened that episode? Uh, <laughs> and I looked at yeah, my scene. No, that
0: tracks. That tracks. But, okay. um, but yeah, with that, we will conclude this episode of Winter is Blooming, if you would. Head to patreon.com slash pennybloom where you'll find over fifty hours of exclusive content, all sorts of book reviews, comic book reviews, movie reviews, and the like. Uh, all sorts of stuff over there. For three dollars a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money, and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Uh remember to head to Twitter, follow at pennybloom follow on letterbox at pennybloom pod, follow on Instagram at pennybloom Remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever you might be listening. If you're watching on YouTube, throw it a like, do me a favor. Uh, gotta, gotta add that to the list here. Go ahead and subscribe mm-hmm. to the Whoa. YouTube. Well, uh, yeah, it's yeah. bizarre. I, I forgot, you know, uh, go ahead and throw us a few subscriptions, throw us a like or two. Uh, you know, uh, if you, if you have any thoughts, comment below, um, on, uh, mm-hmm. on the episode. If you have any questions for us, you know, hit, hit us up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week for Game of Thrones with Season 7, Episode 5. Very, very excited. That'll be next Monday. But in the meantime, we will be continuing our comic book movie journey through film with this Wednesday, Big Hero 6. Uh, that'll be a fun, original, different flavor for the comic book movie project. Pixar mm-hmm. mm-hmm. animated Big Hero 6. Super excited for that. And then this Friday, we're covering Captain America. The Winter Soldier. So I'm very, very excited for that. But uh, yeah, with that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. Remember, peace, love, and bloom. And chaos is a ladder.
1: There we are. Hour 44. Hour 45. That was, uh, what I got. On-